Welcome back to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary, the founder of O'Leary Publishing, and I can't believe we've already crossed over 70 episodes in the past three and a half years. Now, today's guest is a little different than some of our other guests. Annie Meehan was a professional paid speaker before she became an author. She has a lot of experience in business. She's an entrepreneur and she's gone through some really hard times and has risen above them. She's very inspiring. She's very fun. We had a great conversation before I pressed the record button, which I wish we would have captured, but you're still going to absolutely love everything she has to say. And be sure to pick up her most recent book called Choosing to Soar. Let's get in to this episode. Let's get started. Wait, before we go into this episode, I want you to hop on over to O'LearyPublishing.com because we have a brand new website and a brand new author adventure for you. On the homepage, you can customize your author map Each step of the way, you'll be guided with a short video instruction from me. It's totally free, and you can see what it would look like for you to get started writing your book today. And at the very end, you'll get a customized email with a special surprise, and I cannot tell you what it is. Plus, you will get a video thank you from me as well, and a chance to schedule a publishing consultation. So I look forward to chatting with you, to seeing how you map your author adventure at O'LearyPublishing.com. Go do it. I dare you. Welcome back to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with Annie Meehan today. We just had the most fun conversation and I finally was like, we have to stop. I need to start recording this because we were having so much fun talking about speaking. So welcome to the show, Annie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super happy to be here and meet you and get to know you and tell you a little bit about me. Oh my gosh. So we have had so much fun talking about her path to becoming an author. She's on her eighth book and that's amazing. And also is a very, very well-traveled, well-seasoned speaker. And so we're going to get into talking about that as well. Um, But I'd like to start back at the beginning where were you? When was it when you got the idea that maybe I could or I should write a book? How long ago was that? And what was your process back then? Yeah, I've always loved to journal. So really, it started with journaling. And then 20 years before I published my first book, I would just like write random stories because I had a rather fascinating and challenging upbringing. I would just write about like weird random things that would happen or how my belief was bigger than my circumstance. And so I would just write stories about that. Um, So speaking came for me before books. So speaking came first and then the books. And every time I spoke, people would say, you should write a book. You should write a book. But just so you know, April, um, in third grade, I still didn't know how to read. I have dyslexia and ADHD. And at 21, when I tried to go to college, the man that I was applying for a grant, he said, when I looked at your application, I thought you were illiterate. I don't think college is a good fit for you. So that's part of my driving force and motivation is that labels can stop us or they can fuel us. And in my case, they have fueled me to say, I'd love to see, I want to go back to that man someday and say, I'd love to see your books because I've written books that have won national awards and I just continue to work. Now that doesn't mean I don't have help, but I, I continue to 
to feel called to share written and spoken word to inspire people. I love that. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, here in my, you know, O'Leary publishing world, we talk a lot about the book as a door opener to a lot of other opportunities. So a lot of our authors come at it for, with the book first, where they write the book and then it's like, get over my nerves. I want, I got to get out and start podcasting. I got to get out and start promoting and speaking and, and, uh, uh, you know, and so that doesn't come as natural, but for you, it was the opposite. So when and how did you start speaking? Okay. Yeah. Speaking really started in the faith community. So I'm a woman of faith and I would go on mission trips. I love teenagers and I think I am a teenager at heart. And so I'd go on these mission trips and people would ask me, you should tell your story. You're so positive. You're so inspiring. Has life always been easy for you? And I say, oh, no, exact opposite. Life's always been hard, but I've always looked for the good. So I started speaking in faith communities. Then I bought my first gym in a small town and my second gym in a large city. And so then it went from faith to wellness. And actually I was being interviewed for a commercial for my second gym. And the woman said to me, I know you love SNAP and you love Advocare and you love helping people, but who are you really? And I'm like, I'm a female version of Tony Robbins. Now I don't say that anymore, but back then she's like, well, where do you speak? And I'm like, churches and insurance companies and anyone that wants to hear about wellness or faith or whatever. But I wasn't really getting paid. I was just like, people would say, will you come speak? And I was like, yes. So I say the first 10 years of my career were public and now it's professional. The difference is I get paid now. Um, But that's why I wrote a book. Actually, April in the beginning is when I was speaking for free. Sometimes I would be invited to a rotary or chamber or women's luncheon and I'd drive away and they'd be like free dinner and, you know, we love you and here's a caribou gift card. And then because I struggle with reading, I wrote this book that all it is really is questions and quotes and short stories. So it was, I could sell it for $15. If I sold 10 of them, I made $150 on a free speaking engagement. And what happened is that the more I spoke, the more I spoke. So I realized people were like, I want you to speak to my company. Can I coach with you? So everything evolved from me doing it and selling a couple books. Um, so I just started speaking anywhere and everywhere. And honestly, April, I wanted to earn my CSP was really important to me because I didn't finish high school. I got my GED. I didn't finish college and I've been able to do high school and college commencements. And so I wanted to earn something. I wanted to prove to people that I am committed and that I will work hard. And when that, when I started tracking, I knew what I needed to do to earn that. I started creating my own events. So I did in 12 weeks, I did six events. I did an event every other week and I invited two other people to speak with me. And we each only spoke, spoke 20 minutes, but then people would be like, hey, I know somewhere else you could speak. So I always think excellent speaking leads to more speaking. Mm, I love that. And just for those who don't know, and I know we were talking about this right before we started, but clarify what CSP is. Uh, CSP is the highest distinction as a professional speaker. So it's called Certified Speaking Professional Before I started speaking, I spent nine years in the financial world, uh, institutional trading, and climbed that corporate ladder, and they earned their certified financial advisor, CFA, or you'll see a CPA, certified public accountant. So for me, it's a certification. It's a commitment to the practice. It's five years of earning a certain amount. And for me, I challenge myself, which is not one of the criteria, 50 times a year minimum for five years, you had to earn over 50,000 each of those years could be one or way more, but it creates consistency and commitment to the practice of speaking because they go and interview your clients and they make sure not only did you do it, but you were excellent when you showed up. So. Wow. 
I love it. Well, congratulations, because that is quite an achievement. And I doubt that very many people have that. Is there a statistic on that somewhere? Like how few people actually achieve that? Less than 17% of professional speakers in the world ever earn their CSP. So well, and I mean, to actually be a professional speaker is in the top echelon of percentages of people anyhow. And so you know, really, really amazing that you had set a goal and achieved it. You know, most of us set goals and not always are successful in accomplishing them. And to have that commitment to your profession and to yourself to make that happen, I say, amazing, amazing work. So let's talk a little bit about your journey as a speaker, and then we'll segue into your, you know, your authorship. But we were talking a little bit about the National Speakers Association, and we both have some ties to Minnesota, you much more than I do. But tell me about your um, involvement with the National Speakers Association. Yeah, I remember after I told that woman about the news, about wanting to be a professional speaker around the world, she said, join the National Speakers Association. And I went to my first meeting and I met this amazing woman named Louise. And right away I said, can I volunteer? And she said, absolutely. And so my big encouragement with whatever we do, whatever groups we're involved in, get involved. And I said, what can I do? And she said, why don't you help pass out name tags? I think it's a brilliant way to start any, because then I learned people's names, right? And I got to greet everybody and meet people. So I volunteered right away, not really committed. And then I joined the board. Then I facilitated the academy to help people be professional speakers for two years. I was the president. I served on the board for three years. And then just uh, last year was inducted into the Hall of Fame for the state of Minnesota, which is another amazing Amazing. It really, it does. I'm sometimes I don't let myself celebrate the wins. I'm so busy on what's next, but it is amazing. So, you know, there, that's a, that's a golden nugget right there. For anyone who's driven, if you're listening to this and you're a driven person, you're an entrepreneur, you're a public speaker, whatever, it's like to take a pause and to say, oh my God, I accomplished this. It's funny. I have a, I have a friend who's uh, a forthcoming author and she runs a very big consignment shop. Um, the biggest in the state, actually. And we have a, actually, you should come, come. to be in our area, but there we have a a monthly, well, it's every six weeks, a business book club. So we read a business book and then we discuss it. And so we meet in the back of the store. She's got a ton of um, designer clothes in the front. And then there's a bunch of really nice consignment furniture in the back. And so as we're walking one day, I said, does it ever, do you ever just stop and say like, I did this? She's like, no, I don't do that. I was like, I want you to turn around and look at your store and say, I did this. She was like, that's weird, you know, but it's true. It's like, look at, you had the idea and you grew this multiple thousand square foot store over the last 10 years. Like that's something to celebrate. So there was lots of little wins along the way as well. But I just say that because it's, it is important to acknowledge the the wins as they come. So congratulations on that also. So as you're speaking and you're doing your um, writing and all of that kind of stuff, um, you had your first book that you were selling at some of your free talks. Then how did your second book and your third book, how did those sort of start to come and evolve for you? Yeah, I've been really, um, I've used the word blessed that, people just keep asking, right? And they kind of lead me to what's next. So writing is really hard for me. And um, I earned my CSP in 2020 during that really, really hard year. And I watched 110 speaking engagements go out the door. So to earn it in that year was just amazing to me. 
but my second book, so that first book's more of an inspirational journal. So really I used it as a prompt to get people to write their story rather than me write a book because I didn't feel prepared. And then I was speaking at a women's leadership conference. And I, by then I was getting paid decent for speaking, but I had that past detours and possibilities in the back. And people always say, you should write your story. You should write your story. And a woman came up to me afterwards and she said, you should write a book. And I said, you know, I've been writing this book for 20 years. It's called Dumpster to Dynasty. It's about growing up in a physical dumpster. My mother struggles with mental illness and she's a hoarder um, about a financial dumpster, literally being so poor as a child, we ate out of a dumpster and an emotional dumpster where there was always sadness and fighting. But the dynasty life is my door is always open. There's always food. I've taken in lots of people over the years. I've been able to do really cool things to serve others. And she said, don't write that. And I was like, what? And she said, Annie, there's enough memoirs out there. You're a teacher. Teach us how to become like you. How did you not end up angry and an addict and in jail? And some of the things some of your siblings have had to deal with, how did you become the exception? And so that became the book, Be the Exception. And so what happened with this book is she asked me, she challenged me. So I worked with a hybrid publisher on this one. And she asked me, teach us to be like you. And what's so, what I love about this book so much, even though it's my own, it feels very separate for me sometimes and very together is that it really is a guide and a tool for people, whatever their journey is. So instead of just writing about my story, I wove pieces of my story in, but it's more like the first step was be honest. And for me, that's the foundation of everything. Isn't that I lied? It's that I believed the lies. I believed that I was stupid, that I was illiterate, that I was worthless, that I would always be where I came from, not become who I'm meant to be. And so this book has been, I wrote it in a way that people read it and they'll write to me, you changed my whole life. I read your book. Oh my gosh. My, and I'm like, I don't get the privilege of changing your life, but I can invite you to change your life. And mm. what happened is people felt like I wrote their story. So they'd call me and say, I'm going through a divorce too. Oh my gosh, you get it. Well, I've never been divorced, but I wrote this seven keys on how to do these things. So that book won a national award a year later, but because I am a Christian, churches said to me, why isn't it Christian? And I said, because everybody deserves to rewrite their stories and to have love and hope and healing in their life. And they said, well, what does God say about it? I said, I don't know. I, this is what I believe I'm supposed to teach. And they said, write a Bible study to go with it. Take your seven keys and ask God. Well, I said, I don't want to. And they said, we will buy, the first person said, I'll buy 800 copies if you write it. And I was like, I will get to writing. I will get to writing. And then I want to show you my third book because this is a funny one and maybe not what you would promote or most people, but I do videos. I do a lot of videos. Yeah. A lot of people talk about gratitude. And I was like, well, gratitude's good. Like I have a job. I have a place to say I have food, but it's all about me. And I think when you're only thinking about yourself as good as you can get is good. But I did this video about what if you write down what you gave away? How were you generous? A smile, a kind word, a listening ear, a cup of coffee. So this book was my easiest because the directions are on the first page and the rest is empty. But okay. I say thousands of these books because people are like, I like how you do your gratitude journal. So be the exception became this, then the Bible study, and then the gratitude. So they're kind of a series. So those okay. are my first four books. Mm -hmm. Then my fourth book, somebody called me a pineapple. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to write a book and tell people that there's a story behind every story and there's a cute poem. But what if I take that poem and turn it into a principle and teach people to see 
value and be sweet to one, one another. And then because people loved it and they had always said, oh, you're lemons to lemonade. I'm like, oh, I need more than sugar and water to be who I am. So then <laughs> I'm like a bruised banana to beautiful banana bread takes time and heat and ingredients. And my heat was moving to Florida and being in the sunshine. And then because I speak and people want to know, how did you grow so fast? Because I was doubling my income every year. So I did a video series on the ABCs of speaking, then a bunch of NSA chapters asked me. And so then I wrote this book, uh, which was my seventh. And now my eighth book that is done, but not released yet is called Choose to Soar, inspired by the hurricane. But really each of my books has been by request. Like people say, tell me a story about that, Annie. I love that. Or you talked about that. You should write a book. And I still don't love writing. It's really, it's the stories come, but the grammatical and the formatting does not come. I speak in a run-on sentence. I write in a run-on sentence. So I need a coach or a partner to walk alongside me to take my stories and big vision into clear messages and strategies for the reader. I love that. I love that. And, you know, it's interesting, right before we started this podcast, we were talking about taking action and then that leads to the unfolding of things that we never could have expected. And so through your speaking and taking those actions, things that you were already really good at that unfolded new actions, because people were the ones to suggest, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? And I think that's to me so much about life is just flowing with the things as they're presented rather than trying to force ideas that we may like manufacture. And I know I've been guilty of at times, you know, like I have an idea, I want the idea to work. I'm trying every single possible angle to like make the idea work. Yeah. And then you're finally like, oh, that idea is not even supposed to work. It's supposed to be easier than this, right? So, but even those times there are lessons to be learned. So so what would you say to someone who is maybe an author and they haven't started speaking yet and they want to, they're hearing you, they're thinking, oh my God, this lady's making $50,000 a year or more speaking. Like I can't even get, you know, the YMCA to invite me for 30 minutes. You know? Yeah. How would you encourage someone to take at least the first action and what would they do? make it a win for them too. Like when you say about not getting the YMCA, the reason people ask me is I was always like, what's in it for them? And I think a lot of speakers, we think I have a great story. So I was a, I was harsh as a facilitator, but I would tell people, they'd be like, I have a great story. I'd be like, nobody cares. Like you're mean. And I go, no, I'm not mean. I'm telling you the truth. I have an amazing story. I have more trauma and more joy than most people will experience in a lifetime, but nobody cares about it. What people care about is themselves. So make mm -hmm. it a win for them when you're writing, when you're speaking, when you're teaching, what's in it for them. When people read my book and said, oh my gosh, my mom just died. Well, my mom's still alive. Oh my gosh, I went through a divorce. I wrote in a way that whatever their journey was, they read themselves into my book because of the way I wrote and then your writing can become a tool. So if you're trying to speak somewhere and also create your own event. So I say, if you want more confidence and more practice, join Toastmasters. If you want more to understand the contracts and the business and how to make a very nice income from speaking, join NSA. NSA is the business. Will everyone love you? Maybe not. You might not love everyone, but show up consistently and volunteer and you will get so much out of it. NSA is not a place to go get referrals, but if you build relationships, referrals will come and go. Um, so join National Speaker Association for the professional. And say you get discouraged. For one thing, like people think I'm amazing at sales. I'm amazing at rejection. 
I get a hundred rejections a week from speaking coach. It doesn't matter. I just keep going. If you feel like, oh my gosh, they said, no, I give up. You're never going to make it. It is a hard mm-hmm. business to be a professional speaker. But if you have a message and you truly care about other people and you want to teach your wisdom, you will find places. So yes, Toastmasters, NSA. The next thing is every place. Rotary, chamber, networking groups, volunteering to introduce someone, to MC something, to speak, to go, you know, facilitating a girls group or a mentorship group or a leadership group or young leaders, creating your own events. I did, like I said, I did six events every other week for 12 weeks at a back room of a coffee shop. Sometimes we had six people. Sometimes we had 23. I always got comment cards. What did you love? I didn't write. What did you think? I say, what did you learn or what did you love? Who else do you know that could use this message? So I'm leading them into the positive, but I'm making it a little card for them to comment, not a page, not all about you. Um, That's not their job. So I think it's just keep saying, keep knocking on doors. Like somebody asked me, I got four book signings already um, for my next book. And they said, how'd you do that? I said, I'm relentless. I said, people say no to me 10 times a day, but I just keep going. So that's my encouragement is keep going. If you know you got a message and you're meant to deliver it, just keep knocking and knocking a door will open. I love that. Well, that's kind of like ask and it will be given, right? Yes, absolutely. And you'll find knock and it will be opened. I was just someone at our uh, Toastmasters group just gave his talk using that quote um, and just about seeking and looking for opportunities. And uh, he had come from really a really um, difficult background and he you know, and, and, you know, like a lot of us, like you said, it's like there, the, the stories of, um, tragedy to triumph and those kinds of stories are so, um, human, you know, whether you are in a penthouse or in a, you know, homeless shelter, you know, everyone has their, their types of suffering. No one is excluded, I should say. So, you know, I love how you talk about focusing on, how you can help the person from that, what's in it for them. And that's so much um, about, we talk with authors when they're writing their back cover copy and we help them put it together. And, you know, the first draft of their manuscript is usually about them. And then you kind of help them massage it to get it less of them and more about the things that can help their readers. So I'm excited for you that you already have four book signings on your next book coming out. So let's talk a little bit about when that comes out and how people can pre-order it or get a copy. And when is that happening? I want to give you the deadline. Uh, I was hoping by tomorrow. I'm not positive yet. There's a couple glitches. So they're working those out. I kind of my support behind the scenes um, to get it uploaded uh, onto Kindle and Amazon. My first signing is August 24th in Minneapolis. And then I have, uh, you know, the books inspired by the hurricane and surviving that and really thinking I was going to die on September 28th and how how not only did I get through this and we're still getting through it, we're still displaced, um, but um, how to soar above it. And so I have three here on Fort Myers Beach. So one is the anniversary, September 28th, uh, Fort Myers Beach reunion offered me a place to do a book signing on the day. And the day after the Diamond Head Resort said, come up here, we're doing some music, do a signing here. And then um, October 12th, I think I'm doing Rude Shrimp on the Island through the chamber. I'm doing an event. So I'm just trying to give some people hope, you know, like sometimes people get so stuck in talking about what their, their trauma, right. And trauma and repeating trauma never helps. But for me, I'm always like, so now what, so what do I do with this that I've been through? How do I use it to help other people? Not just myself, 
but other people. And so, yeah, so I just, I made a lot of phone calls. I got one big yes for like at a concert and I was so excited. There was going to be 3000 people. And I had talked to four people to get that. Yes. And then guess what happened? Listeners. I got an email the next morning and they said, "Never mind, we can't have you here. And that's the thing is that those moments can make me curl up in a ball or I think I have a speaking engagement and then they're like, we decided to go in a different direction. Or I can decide, okay, not a good fit for me. I wish you the best conference. Maybe we'll have an opportunity to work together in the future. So just getting back up. Even if you feel like you need to quit some days, quit, take a nap, walk away, but then come back. Mm -hmm. If you want your message and your work, you're just going to keep going and going. And so that's what I do. I love that. I love that. Well, I'm inspired. I'm very inspired by you and by your message and by all that you've done to impact others. And clearly you have such a passion for what you do and that you are able to package it all in a way that is not about you. It's about the people that can be helped through the story that you have lived through, um, which I love. So the best place for people to connect with you is YouTube or LinkedIn. Um, okay video a day on YouTube, really just to keep people understanding why I do it and my passion behind what I do. And then LinkedIn, I'm pretty active on that too. And it's just my name, Annie Meehan. Okay. Well, I'll be sure we will connect um, both of those links in the show notes. Um, and we are super excited to support you in any way that we can. I'm so glad to have another author in the South Coast Florida area. So exciting. And that's a mutual friend connected us for this interview. So thank you for being a part of the I'm Book podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on and I wish you so much success in your speaking and continued author journey. Thank you so much, April. Thanks for having me. I love being here. And that concludes today's episode of the I'm Book podcast. Thank you to Annie Meehan for being a part of our show today. To find out more about Annie Meehan, to book her as a public speaker, or to check out her full library of books, you can visit her at AnnieMeehan.com. You can find out more about her on YouTube by Googling her there, Annie, M-E-E-H-A-N. You could see her TEDx talk and some of her other amazing videos she posts very regularly. And if you have the idea that you would like to become an author Maybe you're a speaker, maybe you know someone who's out there speaking professionally and they don't have a book yet. We would absolutely love to help them. Send them to our website at olearypublishing.com where they can take our author adventure quiz and get themselves started on their path to authorship. And at the end of that quiz, there's a special surprise. I won't tell you what it is, but you have to finish the quiz and it will appear in your inbox. So have an amazing day, everyone. Thank you for being part of the I'm Book podcast and be sure to share our show with your friends who you know need to write a book. Have an amazing day.